This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, my cat-loving friends. It's Linda Hall, co-host of 19 Cats and Counting. I am so excited because we have been talking about getting Molly DeVos on our podcast for over a year and working hard at it for about six months. And we got her. She is a feline behaviorist. She has catbehaviorsolutions.org. She is involved in every aspect of cats. And today, specifically, we want to ask her about cat Reiki. Yes, this is a thing. Yes, you need to know about it. Yes, it will help your cats. We will be right back after this ad to talk to Miss Molly. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I am your co-host, Linda Hall. Please excuse my voice. I am still fighting off. I'm better now, but it's taken hostage of my voice. So if you're old enough to know what this means, I'm going with it's the Brenda Vaccaro voice. Yep. Sexy and sultry. If you're too young to know what that means, never mind. Rita. <laughs> ah, Linda. We or got Molly. Brenda. Yes, Brenda. We got Molly DeVos. I know. And me and Dexter are here. Are you good? Ready? Oh, Dexter, get ready. Listen, Dexter is, is my be informational. Yes, Dexter <laughs> is your other co-host. Yes. Let's get to Molly. All right. Hello, Molly. Hello, ladies. It's an honor to have you. It's like that all the time. I thought, wow, well, how fun to have that sexy, raspy voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not all bad. It's just like not that. my normal voice. Yeah, and it won't. For some reason, it's taken hostage of my vocal cords. It it's been like a month, right? Like, wow. I don't know. So people are listening and be like, who's that? But yes, we hired Brenda <laughs> Vaccaro. But uh, yeah, most people are too young to know who that is. Next but thing anyway. you know, we're going to get a call from her publicist, right? <laughs> yes. Stop, stop. We'll have Brenda on to talk about our voice, uh, talk about cats and a sexy voice. <laughs> Hopefully she's a cat lover. So Molly, you are hmm, a I'm have to Google that. And, you know, as we said, that really covers every aspect of cats because if cats aren't happy, if they have anxiety, if they're not healthy, we're going to have behavior problems. So it's not just my cat is being outside of the box. Can you fix it? It's really the whole picture. And you are involved in, I think, every aspect of cat yeah, life. Yeah, really? Yes, yes. Uh, between shelter cats and cats in homes. Yes, I I hate them all. I, I don't really do much trap, neuter, release. That's probably one area. And I don't do bottle babies. I, I, you know, uh, I Those are the two we don't do either. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have kids for a reason. And that feeding every two hours, I'm out. <laughs> well, actually, it's because I had kids and did that thing and lost my sleep that I'm like, I'm not going back there on purpose. Right. 
if I had to, I guess I would, but no, I do not have fond memories of those. <laughs> it's such a delicate thing. I would always worry, you know, if you do it wrong, you could drown the kittens. I just don't want to go there. Yeah. But the yeah. experts at uh, uh, the Cat Coalition, National Cat Coalition, handled yes. that. Yeah. And I accidentally trapped a feral cat once who was like the scary Tasmanian devil in the cage. So TNR will also not be my place of um, residence. <laughs> we'll leave um, that to Trap King. We'll leave that. Yeah, we had <laughs> Sterling Davis talking to us one day and I'm like, mm, not my thing. But that's why it takes a community. And that's why we love you and everybody else who's working to help. Yeah, those are the, those little Tasmanian devil cats and kennels yes. and shelters all the time. It's, uh, it's hard. I no. was like literally scared of this cat. I've never been scared of a cat. I've seen some aggressive, crazy cats, and we understand what's behind it. But this was like, I ain't touching that. Pharaohs yeah. <laughs> don't want any part of us. They really don't. Everybody's like, oh, they need to be brought in. No, they don't want to be part of us. They don't want to live with us. You can catch a cat early enough and socialize it. it. That's another story. But yeah. Yeah. Under 12 weeks, over 12 weeks, forget it. Exactly. Yeah. But Molly, so, let's talk about what you do with yes. the, the Reiki. I'm so interested in this because I too used to be a skeptic about it. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. You know, this all started actually with the shelter cat. And I was in the shelter and there was this beautiful little flame point cat and it was making intense eye contact and screaming at me and climbing up the kennel door Aww. and it was paralyzed from the waist down. Aww. And so I rescued her out of the shelter and rehabilitated her. And, and it, it took, it took about eight weeks, got her walking and all of that. And wow. uh, it was, gosh, this was probably 12 years ago now. And she still adopted her out. She's still Aww. alive and a wonderful cat. But when I got all done, you know, I was telling someone what I had gone through and how exhausting it was. And they said, you know, everybody has the energy to heal. But when you don't know how to apply it properly, it's draining and it's exhausting for both you and the patients. And I thought, well, I need to look into that more. So I started looking into Reiki and I thought, you know, that really did describe what I was doing with her, just not knowing it. And so I dove in. And, and when you go get your Reiki license, I guess you would call it, it's not really licensed, but there's Reiki level one. And then there's Reiki level two, and then there's Reiki level three, which is a Reiki master. So I eventually over the years got all three of those and I, I've dedicated that work to cats. I, I had to do people because you got to have some right. feedback. So, you know, yeah, yeah. You have some confirmation on what you're feeling and things Fly like the cat that. with a form. Could you give me some feedback on how that went and how you're feeling? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's how I looked into it. And it's basically what Reiki is, 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 you know, the whole universe is full of energy. It's just vibrating at different frequencies, which is what makes things like air or like something soft or something solid like the table. And so we basically take the harness, this universal energy in through our chakra systems and out through our hands. And so we're placing hands either on the cat or near the cat or sometimes over great distance to deliver that energy to specific areas where the cat may be not functioning properly. So that's, that's basically what we're doing. So what kinds of things not functioning properly, what kind of things get 
blocked that cause what? Can you give us some examples? Sure, sure. So it can either be emotional. You know, the cat can be like real aggressive or real shut down or very scared or things like that because of some prior trauma or you know, as you know, and any number of reasons, or it could have a physical ailment, like the little cat I was dealing with in the beginning, she didn't really have any emotional issues, wasn't a behavior cat, but she was paralyzed. So I was delivering energy to that area that need to be healed, which I knew was probably a, a spinal injury of some sort. And, uh, but it works emotionally. And then, so that's why I use it a lot of people say, well, you're just a cat whisperer because I can walk in a shelter and, you know, there's a cat that's lunging at everybody else, but is more calm with me. And a lot of that is, of course, how we move around the cat and, yes. and that kind of thing. But I think it's also that cats are very sensitive to energy and energy work. And I don't know if they can smell it, that they feel it. I know they feel it. They definitely sense it. And it feels good to them. And some of those cats that are super stretched out will actually rub into my hands, whereas they won't let anyone else touch them. And I, it has got to be because they feel that energy and that energy feels good to them. No, plus you're confident in how you are around them. And some of the staff might be a little more hesitant to interact with a cat that seems to be aggressive. Sure, sure. Yeah, very much so. And that, that is a challenge in a shelter because, you know, the cats are out of their comfort zone and out of their territory and they're freaking out and there's all these other cats around and they're not necessarily spayed or neutered and lots of hormones going, you know, it's, a, it's an awful environment for a cat to have to be in. The fact that as many of them behave as well as they do is, is surprising to me. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, trying to keep staff where they can clean safely and you know, and, and making, trying to get the cat as fast as possible to an adoptable behavior so that it's at least allowing people to, to touch it and interact with it is, that's a real challenge. It's a lot of work. I could spend, you know, 200% of my time in a shelter and not get it all done. <laughs> exactly. So I have to tell you, when you said that about putting hands on and stuff, it made me think, so I have a cat, Kismet is his name, and it is named for a reason. Rita saw this cat being shopped around from a local shelter in the Carolinas. I'm in Ohio. She could not fit any more cats in her house. I believe she was at 20 I at that time. I had 20 at that time, yeah. <laughs> so she started sending me pictures to burn into my heart, because I think I only had like six at the time. It worked. But I said, I, okay, <laughs> but I'm not coming to the Carolinas. You're going to have to get it here. Well, it just so happens that one of the shelter volunteers is an airline. What are they called now? Not flight anymore, but flight attendant. Thank you. And I got the cat. It was all very weird. <laughs> it, it was meant to be. It was very weird. That's why his um, name's Kismet. Wanted, uh-huh. Nobody wanted him because he was FIV positive. And yeah, he's had a couple of two surgeries, but you know, he's my baby. I adore him. Well, my oldest daughter has a seizure disorder that no one could cure. We've, we've been to all these doctors and all these tests, loop recorders in her heart, all this crap. Nothing has solved this problem. One day she started to have a seizure and she sat down in the chair in my room because I was where I was working. And she said, mom, I'm starting to get hot. It's coming. I need you to watch me. Kismet came in and looked at her. I still get chills. Climbed up on her, started purring a different purr than his normal purr, also very loudly. And started touching her with his paws. It reminded me of Reiki, but with touch. It really did. And I'm just staring at this. He stopped 
her seizure dead in its tracks. And it's, he's done it a couple of times mm-hmm. now. More than Is once. he doing a form of Reiki? Is that what he's doing? No, I've always said, I have met some cats that I would love to get Reiki certified. Because <laughs> I swear that that they are giving good energy to us and to the other animals. And there's just, there's not many of them, but I've met a few that are absolutely like that. So I, I think that's totally valid. Yeah. And after he does it, he's always exhausted and he's takes exhausted. a very long nap. And so when you said, what made me think of it, when you said you did all this and it was exhausting, he's giving his energy to her. Yeah. And you know, that's a thing too, because I do Reiki on horses, particularly, mm, cool. you know, therapeutic horses. So like we volunteer for a therapeutic riding center and anytime animals work with people, like horses, you know, having to take these emotionally and physically disabled kids around and ride them. That's very exhausting to the animals. And so they need Reiki on a regular basis to help remove some of that from to clear, you know, their energy out of all that stuff that they carry. So you might try to find somebody locally that can can actually do some Reiki on him because that would be good. That would help him keep him rejuvenated. Yeah, that, he's, that's something he's, you have to do in person, right? You can't do that via Zoom. No, you can do it. Oh, you uh, can. You can do it distance. Yeah, absolutely. Just Reiki's based on a on an ancient Japanese energy healing system and we learn symbols which are japanese uh symbols it looks a lot like you know chinese lettering type of stuff and we and we'll paint those in the air with our hands sometimes we'll paint them on the cat with our fingers as we're working and those symbols will increase energy and direct energy to specific areas and then there are symbols that will help us work long distance that sends that that energy long distance because it's energy, right? You know, it doesn't have any bounds, you know, like in contained in this room, it can be sent across the world. So yeah, you absolutely can do it. Just, long yeah. We've, we've had a couple of animal communicators on, and one of them taught us a meditation to do. We're focusing on one cat and their heart and sending light and love. And I love doing that at night. And I really, we're very skeptical people, Molly. I got to got I'm from you. New York. So, we're you know, skeptical. we're skeptical uh, of everything. <laughs> I think mine was just, I was raised in a very strict Christian upbringing, which I still consider myself a Christian, but I guess it kind of obliterated some of the natural things that God, I'm sorry, I believe God gave us to, to do all this work. So it was just an opening of my eyes that I needed and how to go with it. Yeah. But, you know, I have started doing that and focusing and I don't know, it makes me feel different. It makes me feel connected. Yeah. It does sound very woo-woo. There's no question. It sounds it sounds extremely woo-woo, but but it works, and it's absolutely a a real thing. And animals, in particular, are really sensitive to it. They they pick up on it and and know it. And I had to. I actually uh, I'm part of this thing where I, I teach kindergarten classes over Zoom. You know, like career type things. People are interested in careers with animals and stuff like that. So I'll get these requests. Well, one of them was the kids wanted to talk about Reiki. And we're like, what is it? And I thought, wow, how do you take Reiki to a, you know, to a second or third grade level? I mean, how that's a challenge. Yeah. And the best way to describe it is kind of like what you just said is it's, it's an intense feeling of love and light directed towards a specific source. And then when you get Reiki certified, 
they are basically what they're doing is they're opening up your chakras, our biggest chakra on top of our head, which you know receives a lot of energy through our body, but we're making sure our chakras are big and open so that we can receive all that energy and then redistribute it out. And it's really the only difference between someone who's certified in Reiki and someone who's not is that our chakras are, are more open and receiving and we've learned the symbols and we've learned the chakra system and we kind of know what to do with the energy, but anybody could do it. I encourage everybody to do it. It's, it's fun and it feels wonderful. And as a Reiki practitioner, you too benefit hugely from that energy flowing through you and to the animals. It's amazing. You feel great after you do it. I'm thinking about ah. my Smokey right now and, you know, who he's got some health challenges and he probably could benefit from this. Well, he's, he's got, got some um, blocks. I was actually thinking of him earlier. He's got some past trauma yeah, and blockages that could he probably does. help him. Yeah. But right now he's got early stages of pancreatitis. Oh, so, yeah, he probably could use a little bit of healing. He probably won't be with us much longer, sadly. Well, in our emotional health, right? Like no medical professional will argue with me, whether they believe in woo or not, that your emotional health affects your physical health, that people who are stressed are more prone to heart attacks and stroke and blah, blah, blah. It takes a toll on your body. So clearing that out and, and releasing it just makes sense. Yeah. One of the other things that Reiki is used for both with animals and, and people is when people are at end of life, Reiki, we, we learn how to help that spirit energy leave the body and cross over peacefully. And I've done that both with animals and, and people. And it is just kind of chilling when that happens. A lot of people will be struggling and holding on, you know, especially if family members are in the room and, uh, you know, they, they don't want to go and they don't want to go. And so Reiki can just help make them feel at ease and sure. at peace. And it's okay to go when you're ready to go. Here's a nice, easy path for you to go on. And it, it really helps them to cross over with a nice, warm embrace. That's and nice. it's a safe place to go. I am a former hospice CNA, and that makes so much sense. We would tell family members, do not say, I will be back tomorrow because yeah. you will make your loved one hang on for you. Say, bye, mom, love you. See you later is fine, but not I'm coming back tomorrow. You know, let them know it's okay to go. Tell them it's okay to go. And I know when my former husband was passing, he had zero blood pressure, palpable or readable through the machines. But he kept hanging on and they said he was in a lot of pain and it was causing him to stay present. So everything you're saying makes completely sense to my brain that yeah. releasing that. Oh, my gosh. OK, now I want to get Reiki certified. <laughs> I know. Right. Just one more tool in our tool shed, because exactly. it probably could help with a lot of these cats oh. that we see that have past trauma that we don't know about. No question. And, and that was exactly why I went into it at first. And I, I looked for specifically a, a Reiki master that had had experience with animals to get my Reiki level one. And that was in North Texas. And then I found another Reiki master in New Mexico in the Santa Fe area that had had a lot of work experience with animals. And so I went with her for my Reiki level two and my Reiki master. Now she's also 
has a partner that is a shaman. And so that was interesting. We got a lot of shaman teaching and that master level class. So it depends on, you want to try to find someone who is deeply rooted in the original, which is Dr. Yusui system. And uh, we all have what we call Reiki lineage as to, you know, who taught who, taught who, taught who. I gotcha. And so you want to make sure that you're getting, because obviously it's like anything else. You can go online and get you know, right, get certified. That. No, yeah, 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 exactly. And get certified in just about everything. Yeah. If you really want to use it, make sure you're, you know, you're, you're aligning yourself with someone who's, who's really good. Yes. I hate to say it, but we need to take a little break. Already? <laughs> I know. Already halfway through the show. I wish the show was two hours long. Uh, right? We'll be right back after a word from our awesome sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> We're back with 19 Cats and Counting and the awesome Molly DeVos. And of course, my lovely co-host, Linda Hall. (laughs) (laughs) You know, even simple precepts, so I'm saying I'm coming with a skeptical brain again, but even simple precepts, like everybody knows when you're upset, not to listen to, you know, angsty, angry music, right? Do not, you know, and... I literally have separate playlists. One is titled Happy. One is entitled Energy, you know, just to, depending on my mood, to pull me out of the funk, you know, to get me connected spiritually, to make me happier, to build me up. to So, so that all makes sense. What's coming in affects even what you hear, what you do affects you. It's just like, you know, you think about it like, like blood flowing through your body, right? For your body to be healthy, your blood has to be able to flow through it freely with healthy veins and arteries and things. Well, the same thing too with energy. So we, people have seven chakras, cats and horses have eight chakras. They have, a, have an extra one, which actually is usually in their shoulder area. It's called the bronchial chakra. And it is where we start. And it's how they really relate to people through that chakra. And so our chakras are placed in different parts of our body. And think of them like uh, if you could see them, they would look like a little tornado spiraling out, right? The, the little funnel end in and then it spirals out. And when you have an emotional or traumatic experience or, you know, a, a physical problem, that opening begins to kind of tighten up and shut down. And it's not as nice, symmetrical, big, round energy opening. And they all spin in the same direction, by the way. Okay. 
when you get regularly certified, you can actually feel that on people. You can feel how their energy is. Some people's energy is out here. Some people's energy is right here. So you can tell how open or closed a particular chakra is, which indicates what might be going on with them. You know, like a throat chakra, for instance, most of where the chakras are located, you know, fall in line with the physical parts of your body that are in that area. And then emotionally, things that you would consider too, like throat chakras, when people feel shut down and they're stifled and they're not able to speak their mind and they're insecure in an animal, it doesn't like to be touched. And, you know, it, that all of that stem like from a throat chakra. So when we apply the Reiki energy, first we go through and do what we call scanning. So we scan someone's chakras to feel what's open, what's closed. And then we can go back and apply Reiki energy to that specific area and help open that up and make it more so that the energy is flowing through them, which is a much healthier, just like your blood throwing yeah. through your body. That's a healthier place to be. So you can help a person with stress as well as cats with stress. And past trauma. I did not want to do Reiki on people. I remember several things vividly. So when I took Reiki level one, I paid extra so that it could be one-on-one. -on -one. Cause I was like, all these other people want to do Reiki for people. I don't want to go into practice. I want to use this for cats. And, you know, so I just want to talk about cats. And so we did this one-on-one -on -one thing, but then it got to the part where I had to practice, you know, standing. And so my Reiki master, she laid on the table. We use like a massage table. Nobody gets undressed, just fully clothed. Right. And so I'm scanning her and I felt something in her arm. I, I could definitely feel the energy change and I got nauseous. And I really, really thought I was going to throw up on her. And I, <gasps> I went down on my elbows on the side of the table. And I was like, and I'm thinking, oh my God, if this is what it feels like, I'm not going to be able to do this. I am not going to be able to do this because I was like, uh -huh. you know, really just about to blow my cookies all over this <laughs> You pay, well, you weren't used clients, to that feeling. Clients so. don't normally like it when you barf on them. I don't right. know why. <laughs> Weird. And, you know, and I got hot, I got flush, and I was like nauseous. Oh, it was horrible. Thank God that passed because I was really, really, really worried. And I told her, and she's like, I think it'll be okay. And, you know, next time I did it again, and it was okay. And, Good. You know, and then it, it eventually went away. It doesn't, I don't get that at all. You Good. know, not at all. And then, and then my Reiki level two master, she said, you've got to work on people because you got to get feedback, right? Yeah. You got to know, you got to know what's happening and what that person's feeling and it'll help you. And so I had all my friends over, right? I said, okay, you got to come. Let me give you a free Reiki treatment. Let's see. And it was awesome. They loved it. They were like, oh, can I come again next week? <laughs> so I did. I bought a massage table and, you know, I do Reiki for friends that, um, that need it. I, you know, don't have a lot of extra time with all That's the cat work. Of course. There's so many cats that need your expertise. And I, yeah, I, you know, when you work on people, there's some, some rules we have to follow. Like first you ask permission. You know, I'm going to do Reiki on you. Can I deliver this energy to you? Is that okay? Right. Well, I forgot to ask permission of a cat in a shelter once. Right? Uh -oh. I show up in a shelter in Dallas and here's this cat and he doesn't have a name on his kennel card. So I said, well, we got to give this cat a name. And I asked the kennel worker that was there. I said, have you interacted with this cat? And she said, no, I, I haven't. I don't even know if it's a boy or a girl. So I opened the kennel awesome. door, you know, and he's rubbing on the kennel door and I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, he's good. And he comes up and he's, 
making biscuits on the floor and he starts to eat i thought okay he's the social leader he turns around and he's clearly an unneutered male you know clearly like yeah we understand <laughs> yes. that yeah clearly okay. <laughs> so i'm petting him and he's still making biscuits and he finishes eating a little bit and he turns around and i pet him and he bit me so hard whoa i mean bit deep i was in the hospital eight days on IV antibiotics whoa the crap out of me and my wrist so it went down into tendons and ligaments and i thought back on that and i thought what the hell did i do right i didn't do anything to trigger this cat this cat was you know and i'm thinking i don't even think he was all that overstimulated and then i thought you know i had kicked on my reiki and i had not asked his permission and i didn't go as slow as i probably should have i could have you know just backed off a bit and and said okay here's the reiki want to smell it here's how it feels you okay with that and you know and i didn't do it i just rushed in there I had a lot of cats on the list wanted to get that done real quick before i went about my business and boy did i pay for it well too you know how long had it been since anyone touched that cat or paid attention so it's it still might have been partly overstimulation could have could have absolutely also it's a very personal invasive thing i mean i've had reiki once and let me tell you it got a little personal got a little personal so yeah if you haven't given permission or are not comfortable with that person they just come in and start in and get personal i'd be like "Mm -mm, back off i gotta go yeah. Where's my keys? So yeah, exactly. And I know now, I mean, that, gosh, that's probably been, that's probably been 15 years ago. I know now when I, especially when I'm dealing with overstimulated cats, I don't, I don't no Reiki at all. Like, nope, <laughs> not, not for you, but cause you're already a little hyped up and you know, we don't need you feeling anything, any weird. Right. Or, or yes. Think all this weirdness is so. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. We often tell our behavior clients because every behavior, I don't know if you agree with me, but every behavior we've seen so far is somehow rooted in anxiety. There's anxiety going on. It may not be rooted in anxiety. Sure. There's anxiety going on, right? They're fighting yeah. with the other cat while well, they're upset. They're afraid the cat's a predator. They're whatever, you know, the resource guard, whatever. It's it, There's an anxiety behind it, right? Yeah. They're spraying because they're anxiety and you know, and so we always tell people, you know, we have to get the anxiety down before we can do the work. And I, and, and I always give the analogy and say, imagine you've come home from a day at work and you are stressed beyond, you are ready to snap. And your spouse says, let's work on the taxes. And, you know, you smack them upside the head because <laughs> no one can do good work when they're freaking out. It's true. Yeah, true. So how do you attempt Reiki with somebody who is on the edge and about ready to jump? Right. <laughs> Just you know i find it so very applicable in a home setting right shelter setting there's just so much going on it's hard i mean when a cat has a physical injury it really works well so i usually will foster the amputee cats because of that or the paralyzed cats because i know i can get them healed a lot faster or the FHO cats, but in a home setting, it's when a cat, as you said, most of the behavior issues we're dealing with are rooted in anxiety. So when I go into someone's home and the cat's coming and checking me out, and I can usually then I will say, okay, you know, here's the Reiki, okay with the Reiki, get permission from the cat to do the Reiki. And then that really relieves a lot of stress on the cat. And you can almost see the cat just kind of melt you know some of that away and uh, and it's very 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 helpful 
And and this helps past traumas that, that you're holding on to also, right? Or current stuff, you know, if there's another cat in the household that's bullying or alpha cat or territory guarding or that kind of thing, yeah, it can that cat that's the victim or that cat that's feeling so insecure, it helps with some of that insecurity. Now it helps in that moment. Obviously, we still got to get to the bottom of what the owner isn't for a natural environment, right? And yeah, we, we don't stop when we're doing favor clients with, okay, now we got the anxiety done. We're done. See you later. No, now it's how do we work on this? How do we frame their opinions well, of each other? So and- many cats, we they don't know because if they get them from the shelter or rescue, they don't know yeah. the cat's past. So there's no way to know exactly what you're healing. But with the Reiki, you don't have to know. You just, you just know, you just work on the Reiki and whatever the trauma is you're helping to release. So hopefully and the they cat will hang be more on to that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people realize that Rita's got a cat when she was living in LA, she found this cat outside. He's Smokey. gorgeous Russian blue. I love Smokey. He's one of my favorites of her cats. And when I go stay with Rita, I stay for like two weeks. I way overstay my welcome. No, you and don't. so I've spent, so I've spent you're expensive welcome. time with her cats. I have never seen Smokey do a single thing that a human would not appreciate. I have never. Sweetie. Smokey is the sweetest. He wants love, but he'll wait till you're ready. He's not in your face. He doesn't beg for, I mean, nothing like he's perfect. So one day a friend of hers came over and when she was putting on her shoes, she dangled the shoelaces to play with Smokey. Smokey freaked the heck out, ran under the bed and had a complete and total meltdown. I don't, and oh, wow. stayed there the for how? Stayed there until the, the next day. day. So the only thing we knew, she had put up signs, is this your cat? And someone kept taking them down. And she finally got a phone call from someone who said, look, I do know who owns the cat. It's I'm a neighbor. And you. I'm not telling you who it is because they don't deserve a cat. And they keep throwing the cat out. So now we're imagining, yeah. did he get kicked with a shoe on? Did they throw or a shoe at him? at him? But you just don't know. And you can have this cat for years and not know why in the world did that cat just flip out. But he's hanging on to that trauma and that PTSD. And it breaks my heart. Smokey's an old man and he's been living with this. He's an old man now. Back then, uh, he was a year when we found him. And when that happened, I had already had him for two years. So that trauma stayed. Yeah. I'm sure you girls get a lot of those behavior cases where they say, out of the blue, suddenly my cat just started attacking my other cat or my cat just started attacking me or the kid and has had no history of aggression whatsoever. And it's just out of the blue. And it's sometimes very difficult to try to figure out what the triggers are, you know, triggered that aggression and that behavior. It's hard to work on because, you know, it's especially long distance. You don't know, you don't know what's going on in that environment. That's the other thing about being COVID really changed that for most of us, but being able to actually go into someone's home and being a person who's very sensitive to energy and energy flow, well, you pick up on so much stuff that's going on in that house. I bet. It puts it in more into context than any of my Zoom consults could be, you know? Even on Zoom, though, we can catch, you know, there's the one human who's like, yeah, and then, and then there's the other human who's sitting back with their arms crossed, like, I can't believe it. You know, you can tell, and or or we hear, you know, my partner is has had it and is going to throw the cat out, please help, you know, that kind of stuff. So you know that. And I don't think people appreciate, and I assume the Reiki takes it up a notch, Molly, I don't think people appreciate what you and all of us go through emotionally. We had four sessions yesterday. And last night I was, I don't know what oh, I was. I passed I was out on the sofa wreck. from I know eight to did. midnight. Yeah. 
you text and read a show she should watch. And I get like 11 o'clock at night. I get, oh, I fell asleep. The emotional toll it takes hearing about the trauma the cats have been through, what the people are going through, what has happened. You know, my partner wants to kick the cat out. We're worried about whatever. It is emotionally exhausting. It is. It absolutely is. So Molly, you must be even more exhausted. Right. Than like you are. must be like <laughs> losing it. Right. Like right. it's hard. Like a day at the shelter, like today, you know, I spent all day in the shelter and dealt with cats that were at their highest stress level. I mean, lunging at the glass doors and, you know, have a feeling responsible for having to find some behavior modification tool that is going to work on this cat in this environment quickly before somebody makes a decision to euthanize it. Yes, that's a lot of pressure. And uh, it's not fun. So I go in and I evaluate the cats. Like today I was doing cat when when staff has an issue with the cat, they put in for a behavior evaluation request and those come to me. So they were stacking up because my husband had COVID and I couldn't get into the shelter last oh. week. I was quarantining also. He's fine and mild. Okay, symptoms, thank you. But, but I couldn't go in. And so my, <laughs> right. my eval list was 25 cats long. Oh today. my gosh. Having to try to evaluate their current stress level figure out what kind of behavior modification is going to work and then trying to route that cat through the BMOD program or is it not going to work? And, you know, could we try gabapentin and that kind of stuff? Let me tell you what, those days, like I will be looking forward to my cocktail coming up soon. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, so what do you do to, okay, I got it. Never mind. Answered question answered before I even asked, you must've felt that coming. Uh, <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, we have done, we've done the math. We looked up how many cats are surrendered. Now, this is just to U.S. shelters. This isn't private rescues. Kicked them out of the house, gave them to their brother. How many cats are surrendered to U.S. shelters every year? Then we looked at how many cat, what the percentage of those cats is that were surrendered for behavior problems. And again, lots of people lie and say, you know, they lots do. of people lie and say, oh, was a cat found in my yard, you know, that they had for five years and kicked out right. for behavior problem. So this number is very, very low. 134,400 cats surrendered to U.S. shelters alone every year for behavior problems. And I'm guessing that's a low ball figure. And yeah. It's much bigger than that. It's actually like 34%. It's huge. It's huge. And, and the number of shelters that are still euthanizing for behavior and just euthanizing for space in general. I mean, oh, I know. Shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. And, you know, and that's why I entered into this work was because I spend so much time in shelters and I'm like, this is ridiculous. We need to try to help these it is people crazy. in their home so they don't end up in a shelter. Do the shelter workers really do the things you prescribe then? Mostly when you have a behavior modification program in a shelter, it's volunteer-based, sadly, mm. because all shelters, especially now after COVID, are extremely short-staffed. They can barely get to cleaning the kennels and feeding all the animals within the hours that they have on their, on their shift. True. So to ask them you know, and I deal mostly with municipal shelters. So I deal with the shelters with the highest level of euthanasia because, you know, oh, the SPAs and the, that kind of stuff, you know, they're usually no kill and, you know, they can kind of pick and choose what cats they take and they can have an army of behavior people. And, but these municipal shelters don't have those kinds of resources. So in those settings, usually I have to create a volunteer program and then train those volunteers all the behavior modification methods of working with cats and shelters. And then they hopefully get enough sessions with volunteers that they're making progress 
that their stress level is decreasing and their adaptability is increasing and they don't end up on a euthanasia list. But when you have staff complaining about safety, I can't clean that cat's kennel safely. I can't, you know, it's hard to, to say, oh no, you need to continue to put yourself at risk. Right. Because, Correct. You know, we don't, yeah. we don't want to euthanize that cat. We want to keep working with that cat. And uh, sometimes those arguments get hard to, uh, to fight. Well, so. people don't understand the behavior that you're seeing in the cat in the shelter is not the real personality anyway. Yeah. No, not at all. In fact, it's amazing. You know, I'll, when I have time, I'll foster some of these cats that are at the highest stress level and they've lived in a home and they've been owner surrendered and the surrender people say, oh, the cat was fine. It was friendly to people and kids and other cats and all of that stuff. But in the shelter, it's acting like a maniac. Of course. And I get it home and get it decompressed, do a lot of good Reiki on it and do a lot of positive reinforcement with it. And usually within days, that cat is just fine. You know, it's just getting it out of that. That's yes. one of the best rescues I saw. This, this lady up in Louisville, Texas has a uh, outlet in a mall, an adoption outlet. She charges people to just come in and sit with the cat. So it's kind of like, like a, a cat, cat cafe. cafe. But, but she doesn't serve food or snacks or things like that. But she, the whole place is set up like furniture, like living rooms. So she's got all these individual rooms. Nice. And so it's set up at home. And the cats, you know, the cats are all free roaming. And, um, and you know, and of course, some cats get stressed in the overcrowded situation. Right. Like that. But for the most part, they do just fine. And they're, they're in more of a home setting. And, and it's a lot less stressful for them. That's what we want to do with the uh, sanctuary we want to open for yeah. senior and unadoptable cats. We want it to be a home setting, no cages, yes. you know, a couple separate rooms for new newbies to decompress. And but for yeah. the most part, we just want them to have a place to be where they're not in a little cage. Yeah. Happy and understood. It's so yeah. hard seeing them in a two by two box, you know, I mean, for a cat that, to be stripped of choice. And control. I mean, you girls know how much cats need to be in control, right? All of that. And then you surround them with all these other cats. And mostly, a lot of times, also dogs barking. I was just going to say, yeah. And the cats, you know, kennel cleaners are in a hurry. So they're banging things around. And it's just horribly stressful on them. It really is. Cats with other cats, this is often a problem that we find as we're going through somebody, you know, my cat started spraying, we don't know why. And so we're going through, have there been changes? Someone moved out and blah. And often we get, you know, do you have stray cats in your yard? Oh yeah, they're up at the door all the time. Well, ding, there you ding, go. Ding. There's the problem. Cats are working on instinct, survival. These could be predators. Now I'm in a cage with 20 cats next to me. Are you kidding me right now? Yep. I've lost my marbles and I do wish all shelters could go no kill. I do, but I'm a little more understanding at this point in my life before I was just like Satan, you know, you're killing cats, but I get it. We only have X number of space. And if we keep this cat who pees on the pillow, who has next to zero chance of getting adopted, we take away space from a cat who could get adopted. Those are the cats we want at it. We want the pit below here. We want that one. Which is why Rita has 16 cats and I have 12. I have 20. Which is also why, yeah, she had 20 at one point. I have 12 cats and a small dog. And if I bring another one home, my husband is going to serve me with divorce papers, Molly. I'm telling you, I've pushed him to his (laughs) limits. We need to get a sanctuary. Now, listen, all all our cats are spayed, neutered, taken care of, vetted, well-fed, get along. We're not cat hoarders. 
No. We definitely need to change the name of the show, right? Like 24 Cats and Counting. <laughs> yeah, it was 19 Cats because I started the show originally. I had 19 Cats and then Linda joined me as co-host after the second show, I think. But yeah, together we now have 28 and we're hoping to get it down to 19. That's I, I told her my goal is for us to have 19 between us because I can handle that. I said you, you know? get 18 and I'll get one. Okay. No. Get I'll get two. You couldn't live with <laughs> I one couldn't cat. Give, I couldn't you get die. I, all these guys are here to stay, but I'm not taking in anymore. Neither she, because we can't. Thus, we've got to build that sanctuary. But we've taken all of these difficult, unadoptable cats. Uh, after I took my kismet that I told you about, I found out seven months later that his girlfriend was still there. I don't separate bonded pairs. Uh, yeah. So guess who flew a feral cat, semi-feral cat home from Carolina's? You Honey, did. don't look at the credit card bill. I'm bringing extra luggage home um, because, <laughs> you know, it's kismet's girlfriend and they are tight. But, you know, nobody could touch her. She's gorgeous. She's got Maine Coon in her. She's, She's gorgeous. gorgeous. She's yeah. dying to dig into that fluff. But nobody would even know she was there because she was stuffed under cages, scared to death. And yeah. it took me four years to get her to really love on me. And it's still, you know, it's up to her. There are days if I walk in the room, she'll run out like I'm the boogeyman. But, um, you know, these can be wonderful, wonderful cats that most that people are won't so, give a chance. to. That, yes, exactly. That nobody wants. Nobody wants a project pet. You don't go looking to adopt a, a problem pet, you know? Sure. Those people do come along. I, I call them the unicorn adopters, and we love to see them coming, right? That's why the shelter here kept calling me. <laughs> yeah. Can you take this one? Can you take this one? Yeah, I get I it. I told her to quit posting on Facebook when she loses a cat because she lost two fairly close together. And here she gets a call. We have two seniors and their human died and they're languishing in the shelter and they're going to die. And I'm coming. Grandma keys, you know, this is where we got all these cats. No one intends to have 12 or 16 cats. I'm telling you. No, no. I hate that. We've got to actually end the show. We probably should have ended it about 10 minutes ago, but I could just (laughs) talk to you all day, Molly. And you've really got Linda and I thinking about, we need to learn Reiki. Yes. Yes, you should. I would totally encourage you to do that. I think you'll find it. It helps immensely. It really does. Well, and you are just a shining example of a cat lover, an animal lover in general, that you are learning all aspects, not just your corner, but all aspects and reaching out. I've heard you talk about everything from food to Reiki to behaviors, just to everything. It's all connected. Because it is all connected. Exactly. And we just, the amount of time that you give, donate. Yeah, God bless you. We just adore you. You're one of our people. We have, <laughs> we, we have a list. You joined it. You're- Be sure you visit catbehaviorsolutions.org. Please donate to her cause. If, if you want a Reiki session or you need some behavior help, And the more we help her, her with her financially, the more she can give of her time yes. to do otherwise, because we still got to pay the bills, right? Yes, for sure. Exactly. I have cat hair on me, so sorry about How that. How did that happen? That's <laughs> yeah. weird. I'm so glad you really can't see mine. Yes, that's my lab coats are white, not black. black, Right, a black lab coat for somebody in an animal situation is not a good idea. Any last words of wisdom, Molly? (laughs) Any last words of wisdom? Yeah. Wow. I think everybody ought to ought to seek out a Reiki session so that you know how it feels. Be open minded to it. Learn more about how energy works. We're all energy beings. We are all one. We're all connected. Every living being on this planet and every living plant on this planet is connected. And so with that kind of 
universal energy connection. You know, we all can heal each other and heal ourselves. And so the more you can learn about energy healing, I, I think, you know, the better off you're going to be and, uh, and the healthier you can be emotionally and physically. I agree. And I think it will get rid of a lot of, you know, there's so much negativity in the world right now. If more people tap into something like this and become more positive beings, it'll ripple effect throughout Especially the world. Especially right now, anxiety and depression are at an all-time high from everything we've been through with COVID. Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, and it, you know, you can't, you know, one thing I, I know, because as you say, I spend a lot of time <laughs> giving a lot of time to others you can't even begin to help others until you're healthy and you're whole you know you can't so true you can't give away parts of yourself that aren't there so That's true. That every flight what do you hear put your own mask and mask on before securing your child's yep. true story That's right true. we have to be whole before we can give to others well molly i hope you'll come back again thank you so much for being on the show Thank you. We are so appreciative for you. And we, we just are. adore you and everything you're doing. And Linda Hall, of course, my partner in crime. We weren't supposed to talk about the crimes. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> no talking about the crime. So we'll just go right to thanking Mark. Mark Winter for giving us this spot on his Pet Life Radio Network. We so appreciate it. And please visit us, catbehavioralliance.com, if you need some cat behavior help. And of course, Molly at catbehaviorsolutions.org. Don't forget, every day is Catterday. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.